from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings today from Studio B at 5800 Airline Drive. I'm Sean Kelly. Hope this finds you well. It is going to be a great weather day today. It is the first day of the Masters at Augusta. Uh, and with that, producer Dan is here, a.k.a. Daniel Salerson, by the way. Uh, since it is the first day of the Masters, should I, should I do the rest of the show in uh, my golf voice? A tradition unlike any other. Yeah, on CBS. The Black uh, yes. Board. I did notice on the Dan Patrick show this morning, they were having some fun with that. They had people calling in doing Jim Nance impersonations, which I thought was brilliant. Oh, yeah, they do that every year. It's yeah, good stuff. No, I, I, lo- I love it. But uh, I will try. Uh, you know, a lot of people kind of um, play hooky a little bit during the NCAA tournament. I'd say maybe Masters Thursday and Friday is probably up there as well. Maybe even more so than the U.S. Open because this is the first major of the year. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I think people are kind of itching, the, the, the spring fling and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think that there'll be some office Masters watching today. Oh, yeah. Normally yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Sunday guy. I think I, I kind of look at the leaderboard a little bit. But once Sunday comes, I'm, I'm hooked for like six, seven hours there. Right. You're dialed in. Um Usually the weather's great down here in the south, so you can kind of, uh, a lot of times I'll try and get something done early in the day, yep. settle in, watch the rest of the Masters, and then after that you're kind of, you know, you're either eating dinner and 60 Minutes comes on and all that on CBS. It's kind of a big day for that network. Yeah, There's it's gonna, no doubt. It's going to be weird, really weird without Tiger Woods in there. I think it'll be good, though. I agree. Well, not because I don't like Tiger Woods, because I do, and the network loves Tiger Woods, but with 24 new golfers in the field. See, I learned all this because we had Scott Rabelais on yesterday. Yeah. 24 new golfers are first-time Masters players uh, in the field. I feel like there's going to be somebody young that's going to pop up and win this thing. And uh, watch out for Billy Horschel, who was a guest on the show. He's up there. It's early, but he's up there in the leaderboard so, so he's far. got some of that black and blue report mojo working his way. Yes, he, we better get some of that green jacket if he wins it. Maybe a sleeve? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a photo? Yeah, I'll take for a the photo. Wall, for the wall here in Studio B. Absolutely. Well, we got to make that happen because we'll see him at the Zura Classic. Yeah. He is the defending champ, so... Uh, that'll be pretty cool. So, all right, so that's on our minds here this Thursday. Pelicans saw their losing streak reach six last night, unfortunately. A strange game. Boy, I'll tell you what. Um, each team traded quarters last night. Uh, the Pelicans were bad in the first. Suns were good. Flipping in the second. Back to that same scenario from the first in the third. And then the fourth, the Pelicans outscored the Suns 24-23, to but it was not enough as they lost, excuse me, by six, 94-88. Uh, interestingly enough, a new career high for Jeff Withy last night. The rookie from Kansas had 17 points. We'll uh, detail uh, the game last night a little more later on on today's show. We'll hear from head coach Monty Williams, play some highlights from last night's game. That's on our show today. Our uh, NFL draft preview series, Daniel, continues today uh, as we check in with the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, Vikings. That's at right. the eighth pick. Mike Wapschel from Vikings.com will be our guest. And then there was a lot going on with regard to local football yesterday. Uh, the LSU Pro Day tied into 
what we do here with the New Orleans Saints. Sean Payton and his entire staff were up in Baton Rouge. So was Mickey Loomis. And our own John DeShazer was on the ground from NewOrleansSaints.com. So here in just a moment, John will uh, join us, uh, give us a recap of what he saw yesterday at uh, LSU's Pro Day. Uh, we'll play for you his one-on-one visit with Saints head coach Sean Payton. And then we'll talk about the preseason schedule, which was released yesterday by the NFL. Uh, more on that with John, but just briefly, uh, Daniel, the Saints will open at St. Louis in the preseason, come home to face the Titans, right? Yes. Okay. And the national TV in the third preseason game when the Saints travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts and then back here to wrap it up, the fourth and final preseason game will be at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against the Baltimore Ravens, a team that we don't get to see a whole lot of down here. Pretty good so, matchups. Yeah, not bad, not bad. So uh, that's another sure sign of spring. I'm kind of in the mood. Uh, you know, baseball, the uh, the Zephyrs played at home yesterday during the day. It took me, it took every bone of my body not to pull myself away from Pelican's game prep to sneak over to Zephyr Field yesterday, but I resisted. I know, especially with the weather's yeah, starting to get nicer, too. It was, it was great, it was great. All right, so a good show for you today. Um, again, Krug, um, Mike Wapschel will be with us from Vikings.com. We'll talk Pelicans and Suns from last night. We'll preview tomorrow night's ball game against the Thunder. Uh, they were winners last night. Big win over the Clippers. And then John DeShazer. We'll get right to JD uh, as we continue here from Studio B on Airline Drive for this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Entergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Still to come on the Black and Blue Report today, we'll check in with the Minnesota Vikings. They have the eighth pick overall, and our NFL Draft Preview Series continues with Mike Wabshaw from Vikings.com. A little bit later, we'll recap last night's basketball game at the Smoothie King Center. Highlights and Monty Williams from the game against the Phoenix Suns. Now, though, we bring in my partner, John DeShazer, with us from NewOrleansSaints.com. Last night, I said on the radio that John was on assignment. Well, that assignment was covering... LSU's Pro Day yesterday for NewOrleansSaints.com. I missed you last night, J.D., but I'm hoping you had a good day up in Baton Rouge. Well, of course I did. I well, missed you also. And uh, you, when you say that, you know, I was on assignment, I was actually listening as uh, I was driving, and uh, it made it it made it made sound important. It made it sound like I was actually doing something, so I appreciate that. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm glad I could keep you company across the uh, the wetlands there on, on the way back into the city. Um, tell me – I want to talk about the preseason schedule, which was released yesterday. We'll do that in a moment. Tell me about LSU's pro day. What did you What did you think going in as as far as what you'd see or how it would run, and how exactly did it turn out? You know, in your eyes. Well, I mean, it pretty much was what I thought it was going to be. Now, quarterback Zach Mettenberger didn't do 
quite as much in terms of drills, you know, physical drills, running, and, and that kind of thing that I thought he would. But then again, you know, he, that's probably a smart thing. I don't necessarily know the quarterback, you know, go to their pro days and run 40 to do shuttle runs and those kinds of things. What they want to see is that the guy can throw. Um, obviously, he's got a, a big arm, and, and it showed that his knee was, you know, somewhat, you know, repaired from that from that torn ACL that he had in November. He looked pretty good throwing the football. Of course, he's throwing to some pretty good receivers in Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, among others. But he looked, you know, fairly healthy. He called it 85 to 90 percent. With athletes, you know, that probably means about 65 to 70 because they're always over, overstating it. But uh, but he looked he looked pretty good and and and. So from that standpoint, it's good to see him get in some work. And, you know, I really didn't expect to see Odell Beckham Jr. do anything, to be honest with you. A kid from Newman High and from New Orleans who went to LSU and, and uh, ran a 4-4-1, I think it was, at the NFL Combine, a 4-4-3 or something like that. And, uh, you know, I didn't think he was going to do much of anything because his, his draft status has been solidified. But he did go out, run some routes with his teammates for, for Matt Mettenberger, and, you know, he displayed the hands that we know he has. Uh, Jarvis Landry got out and ran. He ran a 4.74, I believe, at the combine. Knocked that down to a 4.8, you know, uh, excuse me, a 4.5 or so, 4.51, he said. And so uh, that was a vast improvement for him, uh, solidified his status because everybody knows he's got the hands. He just wanted to know whether he could run a respectable speed, and he did so yesterday. So from from that standpoint, not a whole lot of surprises. I, you know, the biggest surprise to me was Anthony Johnson. The defensive tackle from the West Bank played at O'Hare Walker High School from LSU. He didn't do much of anything. He went through the uh, the lineman drills, but he didn't run another 40. He didn't do the bench press, and those were things I thought he would do because you know he didn't fare so well at those at the NFL Combine. But he skipped those, and maybe he'll do them for teams during his individual visits with teams. But he he didn't do them yesterday. What head coaches did you see there at the facility? Sean Payton was there. Uh, Mike Tomlin was there. Uh, I saw Ron Rivera. Uh, you see uh, uh, North 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 Turner, who's no longer head coach, but obviously one of the most respected offensive coordinators in the league. And uh, and those kinds of guys. You saw a lot of guys. I mean, there were 125 representatives from NFL teams there, uh, including basically the Saints' entire coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, it was, you know, LSU's got a, a lot of talent and a lot of people on hand to see that talent. Sean Payton visited with John DeShazer. We're going to have that for you here in just a moment. Uh, John, the other thing that came out of uh, uh, the Saints' offices yesterday, the league offices too, uh, I guess, uh, overall, were the uh, NFL preseason schedules. Uh, for the Saints, it'll be at St. Louis, home versus Tennessee, at Indianapolis, and then home versus Baltimore. Uh, did any of those four matchups uh, jump out at you? You find any of them intriguing? Well, I mean, it's preseason, so I guess you can't invest too much into it. I mean, obviously, one of the ones that we'll want to see, even though the starters won't be in, but a series or two maybe, is the one of, uh, against St. Louis because uh, you know that was a, a game where you know last year the Saints went and they were they were ten and three at the time. Uh, the Rams were five and eight. Most fans looked at it as a, as a gimme game for the Saints and. Uh, fortunately, you know, you got to play the game as opposed to, you know, listing it on paper. And, and the Rams jumped up and, and bit the Saints, beat them, you know, pretty, pretty handily at the uh, Edward Jones Dome. And so you'd like to see them with that one, especially I guess the line, I guess the matchup you really want to see is Robert Quinn, the defensive end against left tackle to Ron Armstead. Like I said, even though it's not going to be the hand-to-hand combat you normally see on a, on a, on a regular season Sunday, 
But Robert Quinn was a guy who basically, you know, he beat Charles Brown handily last year. Ended up that was the last time we saw Charles Brown in a Saints uniform. Uh, he had to be replaced at the left tackle by Zach Street. Zach Street moved over from the right tackle. And the next week, Teron Armstead was starting at left tackle for the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, that was a uh, kind of watershed moment in his career, Teron Armstead, that is. So that game kind of stands out to me. And usually it's the third preseason game that stands out. That's when the starters actually get some real reps. And, you know, not necessarily, you know, game plan specific, but they'll go out there and they might play two and a half quarters. So that's the one that you really want to kind of look out for. Yeah, that'll be uh, at Indy and on national television, and that'll be a fun one, I think, as far as preseason goes. Um, And the other thing about the St. Louis matchup too, J.D., uh, the Rams have a high pick. There may be a high-profile rookie that we may get to see right there in week one of the preseason. Well, exactly. I mean, they, you know, they do have that high pick. And, you know, they have Sam Bradford coming back from injury, so they feel like they don't necessarily need a quarterback. So, you know, don't be surprised, obviously, if they don't pick a quarterback. Sam Bradford's only been in the league four years, even though he's been injured two of those years. Because, you know, they might go running back, although Zach Stacy proved to be pretty handy for him last year. You know, you hear a lot of names floating around as to whom they may or may not pick. So, yeah, but they'll have a high pick. It'll be somebody high profile, and it'll be a, a first look at him. Senior Chiefs with us, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. Uh, John visited with the head coach, Sean Payton, one-on-one yesterday at the LSU Pro Day. Hey, John, I want to play that interview for folks, so stick right there. We're going to play the interview real quick, and then we'll wrap up with you here on this Thursday. Here's uh, head coach Sean Payton with J.D. yesterday. Coach, what are some of the things you glean out of a pro day? Uh, well, the first thing is it gives you certain measurables that you fill in. There's six, seven different events that you're trying to test everyone who's a draft eligible player in, whether it's a shuttle, whether it's a 40. So there's a physical element to the testing and, and at least you're able to draw comparisons in the position they play. Um, it's an opportunity for a lot of these players to improve maybe uh, in an area from the combine. Um, some players will, will sit with their combine results. And then the second element, uh, which is the most important part, is, is watch them in football drills, position drills. Uh, we'll see, shoot, six or seven different position groups out here today, training. And, uh, and then for us, you know, we get an opportunity every year to bring our staff here. Uh, you'll have some time with the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't be as formal as 15 minutes just for an interview where you can sit down and, and really try to get to know the player. And, we're fortunate to have this trip. You know, for us, it's an hour up the road, and and we have a chance really to evaluate these guys, get familiar with them, and but filling in those those test results first, watching the the individual drills, and then trying to get to know the player and, and visiting with the coaches and everyone involved in the player's development. Now, draft status-wise, does a guy do much movement on a day like this? Can he slide back or move up? Uh, I would say it's a good question. I, I think it's a piece to the puzzle. Um, I would probably say players tend to elevate themselves more at their pro days than uh, than hurt themselves. Um, they're in their environment. Um, they're routine-driven, just like our athletes are, and so they get very used to what they want to do in their tests. And But it's one piece of the puzzle, and there's so many pieces. I, I think that we just try to gather as much information as we can and, and then begin to try to formulate a profile. You know, how is this player regards, in regards to learning? How is this player in regards to 
his physical traits. How is and and you just keep adding to the the equation. And I think the more information you have, hopefully, uh, the better information you have, the better decisions you make. In terms of draft eligible players, where does LSU kind of stack up in terms of how many guys will be drafted or, or look like they can be drafted? Well, not just this specific year, but you know, you you could point to four or five or six programs around the country that produce the most prospects, this would be one of those schools. I mean, clearly for us to, to be able to come up here every year, follow the progress of players maybe that we didn't get to draft, you know, but you get a little bit more familiar with these players because they're, they're right here and, and they're in Louisiana. And, uh, and so every year you're looking at not only the seniors now, those juniors that make a decision to come out, and you're evaluating those players, and Les and his staff, they're outstanding with us. And they do a great job in the development and watching these guys come in. We read about maybe these guys when they commit or sign a letter of intent, then we kind of see them as freshmen and sophomores, and the next thing you know, there's a Patrick Peterson who all of a sudden is through the program, and it just seemed like yesterday he was a freshman. So, um, man, they do a real good job, and we benefit from being this close to them. Haven't had a chance to ask you. Um, you guys now have Champ Bailey on board, Hall of Famer. You were able to add also Jarris Bird, All-Pro. What does Champ Bailey add to your program? Well, there's a presence with him. Uh, you know, he dealt with an injury last year, and you know, f for me, it seemed like there was a good portion of my career in New York or Philadelphia where he was at the Redskins, um, and then you really fail to realize how many years he's been with Denver—11 seasons. Um, he's been very consistent. Uh, he's a great worker. I think he's got great leadership skills. And you know, for us to add a player with not only his ability, but uh, what he's seen and his ability to communicate that to the other players on our team. Uh, and, and most importantly, he wants to win. And so I, I, I felt that, and Mickey, all of us, as we went through this process, you, you, you never quite under, you know, know in the beginning if you're going to have an opportunity to sign a player like that. But things worked out on the visit. and. Uh, we're excited about having him. He said position-wise, he doesn't care. He just wants to be on the field. Is that pretty much what he expressed to you guys? Yeah, th those are the answers you want to hear, too. Um, you know, when you bring a player in and, and they tell you, hey, I just want to compete and play and be a part of a championship team, uh, I think those are some of the things that, that, that we heard consistently throughout the two days he was here. Um, he just he does so many things well. He's got great ball skills. Uh, very good anticipation, and again, you know, he's overcoming the foot injury he had a, a year ago. I think that rehab's gone well, and uh, I think he'll be he'll be exciting for us. All right, John. Other than what we just heard in your visit with Sean Payton, did anything else stick out from yesterday, whether it be with Coach or with anybody else? No, um, you know, we spoke to um, general manager Mickey Loomis also, and, and pretty much these guys, you know, they they're really calm. Uh, you, Mickey Loomis said they go into the offseason with. 19 to 25, you know, 20 to 25, you know, point-specific things that they want to get accomplished. And he said, obviously, you know, you have a couple of surprises in there. But for the most part, they've, they've covered their field. They've done what they wanted to do. And the biggest thing is when you sign the, the free agents that you want to cover the needs that you have, then you're able to go into the draft and draft the best available player as opposed to having to draft for a specific need. A lot of times if you draft them for need, you'll end up reaching, you'll stretch a little bit, and sometimes it doesn't necessarily pan out or it doesn't pan out the way you think a guy should pan out at that particular pick. But because they've been able to agree to terms with Jarris Bird 
and with Champ Bailey, and they've had some other guys that they were able to get a hold of in free agency. Now you're able to go into the draft and say, okay, who's the best guy on our board at number 27? And does he, you know, does he also fit into something that we need? And and this, so they're able to kind of be a little bit more specific. I mean, obviously you're not going to get, you know, I guess the same caliber of guy that you would get in the top three, but you'll get a guy who fits better with what you want to do, and therefore that guy generally can come in and play because you know you're able to pick the best available guy as opposed to having to pick a need. Yep, we're going to have some of that stuff from Mickey Loomis on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Good stuff. Are you packed yet for Oklahoma City and Houston? All ready, man. Ready to get on the road and, and get this thing done. Hopefully uh, nobody else will. You know, I, I, I'm feeling a little queasy, so you know, I might be day-to-day. But, you know, like everybody else on the team that's kind of fallen, you know, I guess it's our turn now. But, you know, I, you, you're you probably the Iron Man of the season, huh? I don't know. I don't know about that. But I will, I uh, I will appreciate that if you uh, suck it up and get on the plane with me today. That'd be nice. Well, I will absolutely be on the plane. <laughs> we will absolutely be in Oklahoma City and uh, – and uh, hopefully A.D. will be able to play in that game and, and we'll get some good play out of this team. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Games Friday and Saturday night, the last two road games for the Pelicans. John, I'll see you on the team plane here shortly. Yes, sir. See you there. Thank you, sir. John DeShazer with us from NewOrleansSaints.com and obviously the Pelicans Radio Network. We'll continue uh, on this Black and Blue Report Thursday with Mike Wabshaw from Vikings.com and then some more Pelican stuff for you before we get out of here today. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. We're also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by care checks for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here. A higher quality of care, one more reason to choose Auctioner. And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the Auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report here on this uh, Thursday as we get set to travel to Oklahoma City later today. Pelicans and Thunder tomorrow night. We'll talk about the Pelicans game against the Suns a little bit later in the program, but want to continue our, our NFL draft preview series today. And we're up to pick number eight, and that means the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, helping us out with that is Mike Wabshaw. He's with Vikings.com. He's like our version of John DeShazer here at NewOrleansSaints.com. Mike, good morning. Hopefully spring is uh, maybe arriving in uh, in Minneapolis at some point here, right? Yeah, I hope so at some point. It's getting to the point now, guys. I mean, our winter has been so bad. People are, are starting to say they hope that summer falls on a weekend this year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's coming. It's slowly, but uh, but hopefully it's coming one of these days. What is it? What is a sign of spring in Minneapolis? See, every time I'm up there for the NBA or the NFL, it's the dead of winter. So if I were to come up there in the springtime, what should I be looking for? Well, <clears throat> I'm not much of a of a uh, of a bird watcher uh, myself, but it you know the winters are such that there's a lot of birds that leave and they they migrate south. When the birds start coming back, um, you know you you kind of figure spring is right around the corner because 
um, when it comes to weather and climate, the animals are smarter than we are. And uh, and so if the if the robins think it's safe to come back, I, that tells me that spring is on its way. All right, fair enough. And I've been to Minneapolis in the summer, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And now maybe that the NFL draft is in early May, maybe the NFL draft will be a rite of spring as well up north. And you know what? Given what we went through this winter, if 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 the official start of spring from a weather standpoint is the first day of the draft, I'll take it. All um, right. yeah. I'm uh, I'm not going to risk it past that, so I'll take May 8th. Mike Walbshaw from uh, Vikings.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Mike, let's get right to it. Eighth pick overall, uh, and then two picks in the third round for the Vikings. All I keep hearing about is Zach Mettenberger and Johnny Manziel. It sure seems like quarterback is where the Vikings want to go here in the top ten. What do you think? Well, I think if the I think if the right guy is there, uh, that's certainly you know one of the things the team is going to seriously consider. Um, the the question is though, who is the right guy, or who are the right guys, and will those guys be there at eight? Uh, you know, among the top three or four quarterbacks. You know, that that's the question. Uh, what the team is thinking, they're holding that pretty close to the vest at this point. Um, so I'm not entirely sure, and and I'm sure with some of the players. Um, you know, you have a room that's that's split. I mean, it certainly would be understandable. You walk into a team's draft room and you bring up the name Johnny Manziel, you're going to have some scouts who are going to bang the table for him, and you're going to have some scouts who aren't going to want to touch him until the second round. So, um, you know, I think that's probably the case with, with a few of the quarterbacks. I think Bridgewater probably falls under that category as well. So I think it's fair to look at quarterback, look at the Vikings, and, and, and look at that as a match. Um, but you know, the, the one other thing to consider is if you look at free agency and that's something I always like to do is chart every team in the league and what have they done in free agency, who have they lost, who have they signed and who have they shown significant interest in, in terms of bringing free agents in for visits. You know, you, you look at that and that kind of tells you what a team is thinking in terms of position needs and what they feel is a strength in the draft and what they feel is a strength in free agency. So when you chart the Vikings that way, you know, here they are signing defensive tackle Linvel Joseph, signing cornerback Captain Munerlin, re-signing Everson Griffin, taking Corey Wooten away from the Bears, um, Tom Johnson, a defensive lineman we got from the Saints. Um, you know, a lot, of address, a lot of areas on the defense were addressed, and then you re-sign Matt Castle, um, a guy with some starting experience and played in all five of our wins last year. Um, you know, I think the Vikings have taken a pretty um, wide-ranging approach in free agency and have not tipped their hand as to what they want to do in the first round because, really, when you look at team needs, the Vikings addressed all of them in free agency. So uh, I don't think they've tipped their hand. I think that they are one of the, the top ten's most versatile teams um, when it comes to what position will they take and are they willing to trade back because – I think there's four or five positions that they'll look at, and I think they're willing to trade back. Um, I think quarterback is something they could do. I think inside or outside linebacker is a possibility. If the right cornerback is there, that's a possibility. And I wouldn't even rule out wide receiver um, as a possibility for the Vikings if the right guy is there at eight. So I think the Vikings are one of the more versatile teams. And uh, Rick Spielman is our GM. And you look at his, his draft history, he loves making trades. Uh, he loves to trade back and acquire picks later in the draft, and then he loves to trade up, get back into the first round to grab a player. He grabbed Cordero Patterson that way last year, and two years ago he grabbed Harrison Smith by moving back up into the first round. So I think the Vikings are one of the more versatile teams in the top ten, and, and I think the pre, the preferred outcome would be a trade back. If they can't trade back, 
I think they have uh, a menu of three or four positions that they'll take a hard look at. Mike, good stuff. What about the head coach? You got a new one there. How much influence does that have on this process? I think pretty significant. You know, um, Mike Zimmer comes in here, um, and he's a well-respected name in in um, you know in the industry. Helped Cincinnati Bengals make the playoffs three straight times. Was with the Dallas Cowboys during their um, during their Super Bowl stint in the '90s, and has had a few other stops along the way, and has found some success there. Um, you know, he he has a different approach to defense than what we've had here since really since Mike Tomlin was our defensive coordinator in 2006, all the way through Leslie Frazier being here um, through last season. You know, we were the the quintessential cover two, Tampa two, rush with four, drop seven in a coverage team where you rely on premium pass production from your defensive ends and you rely on run stuffing with your defensive tackles. That's not what we're going to be um, under Mike Zimmer, at least that's my sense. You know, I think we're going to be more run defense oriented, um, running defensive linemen in and out. That's why we signed Tom Johnson. That's why we signed Corey Wooten. Because we're, you know, gone are the days of defensive ends playing 60 snaps a game, which Jared Allen and Brian Robinson have done for us um, in the past few seasons. I think we're going to have a, a rotation along the defensive line, and I think the focus is going to be stopping the run. Um, more so than getting to the quarterback with those edge rushers. I mean, you look at Michael Johnson, um, one of the most coveted defensive ends here this offseason, signed by Tampa Bay. He only had three and a half sacks last year in Mike Zimmer's scheme, but he still was one of the most coveted players. I think that's because he's a well-rounded player who's good against the run and the pass, and I think that's what Mike Zimmer wants here in, in Minnesota up front on the defensive line. Um, and then linebackers, he likes guys that can run and tackle. Um, you look at Vontez Perfect in Cincinnati. Um, as, as a good example of that. And, um, and then in the secondary, he likes guys. Um, you know, we've played a lot of zone coverage. I think we'll still play some zone, but I think we'll go uh, more towards some man coverage too. So I think we're looking for physical corners that can come up and press and play man. We got one of those in Xavier Rhodes. Then we signed Captain Munderland from the Panthers. So, you know, there are some changes that are going on with our defense, and Mike Zimmer has a ton of influence. So, um, you know, in a roundabout way when it comes to the draft, I think he's going to have a, a significant amount of influence in, in who the Vikings take and which players they like. And um, my sense so far is that he and our GM, Rick Spielman, have done a great job of working together, uh, whether it's on changes to our facility, changes to our nutrition program, our off-season program, and I'm sure when it, when it comes to the draft and um, and already in free agency, you know, they've been working very well together. So, yeah, I think Coach Zimmer will have a, a pretty fair amount of, uh, of influence, and I think our defense is going to change quite a bit from what it's been in the past. That's exactly what we were looking for today. Great job. I'm glad you were able to join us today, Mike. <laughs> well, me too. My yeah. pleasure. Thanks for including me. Absolutely. So that's the Vikings at the 8th spot, and that's Mike Walbshaw, who is with us from Vikings.com. Uh, that's a very complete look at what's going on in Minnesota. Uh, spring to you, sir, and I hope that uh, Easter and uh, the NFL draft and the Robins returning all mean that you're thawing out in Minneapolis, Mike. I hope so, too. We're sick of the winter and the cold. We I'm need sure spring. I'm sure you are. Our NFL draft preview series continues tomorrow with the Buffalo Bills in the ninth pick. Up next year on the Black and Blue Report, we'll check in on the Pelicans as they wrap up last night's game against the Suns and get set for the Thunder tomorrow. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? 
Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Pelicans guard Anthony Morrow, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Thanks again to John Shazer and uh, Mike Wobschel for joining us uh, here on the program today. Let's turn our attention to basketball. Uh, last night we saw a ball game with 20 lead changes and nine ties. Uh, the Pelicans fell to the Suns. The Suns, by the way, are now 47-31 and 31 and stay in the playoff picture with that win last night. The Pelicans, unfortunately, dropped to 32-46. and 46. Uh, Losers now have six straight, and the final score was 94-88. to 88. Uh, a couple of notes before I play you some highlights from last night's game. Number one, Jeff Withy continues to uh, make the most of his opportunity here late in the season. The rookie from Kansas was 7 of 10 from the field. In the last ooh, three or four games now, he's shooting 87% from the field. That's pretty unbelievable. Uh, 17 last night, he led all Pelicans scorers. Darius Miller, another guy that they're kind of, I wouldn't say showcasing, but giving the opportunity to show us something here late in the season. Miller ended up with 14, and Luke Babbitt had a season-high uh, 12 points. Um, you're going to hear this a little bit in the highlights coming up, but uh, the Pelicans had a rotten third. Well, I wouldn't say it was rotten, but they got outscored by six, and so therefore were down seven going to the fourth. Uh, New Orleans went on an 18-8 run to start the fourth quarter. Man, it was looking good, i tell you what. But they ended the game with six empty possessions and end up losing by six, 94-88. to 88. And Here's a little bit of how it sounded on the radio last night. Here's Dragic down the lane, goes for a layup, got it up and over somehow with the, and scores, and Goran Dragic is off to a good start again, nine points. That makes it 23-14 with half a minute to play. Zaminu walks the tightrope along the baseline, goes uphill to Withy, further uphill to Morrow, into the lane, floater, good! The Pelicans lead it with 8.16 to go in the first half. Despite shooting less than 21% in the opening quarter, New Orleans leads it 26-25 with a big, hard push here to start the second period. Bledsoe brings it up the floor quickly around a high middle screen by Plumley, goes to the lane, the rim, and lays it up and in. And Bledsoe, who was scoreless in the first half, now has nine in the third. And the Suns open up a five-point lead, 60-55. to 55. Miller sings it across the top of the floor to Babbitt. He'll feed the top of the arc. Morrow catches, drives, leaves baseline, cutting Withy. Catching a dunk. Withy with a new career high, 15 points. Pick and roll with Plumley. Bledsoe drives underneath the rim. Turns right hook, block left, no good. That was a horrible shot. Rebound, Rivers up the floor to Morrow for three-angle right. Pow! Right in the kisser. The Pelicans have come all the way back. On a 9-0 run, they lead by two. It's Morrow again. Rogic, chest pass, back to Bledsoe, near the circle. Takes it to his left around a plumbly screen. Stops, guarded by Rivers. Up top to Morris, 20-footer on the way is good. Big perimeter jumper. 
Knocked down by Markeith Morris, who now has 10 points. The lead is three for the Suns. All right, so with that, let's uh, hear from head coach Monty Williams. This is head coach uh, Monty Williams following the loss last night at home. Coach, you had a furious comeback there in the fourth, yeah. but then all of a sudden it just, it just stopped. Yeah, we, we tried to we tried to make the plays. Um, had a costly, costly turnover that you know we had control of the ball. We're in transition. You know, Austin's trying to make the, the right play, which I love. And um, we could never get that thing to three and to five to give ourselves a buffer. Um, but I, I'm not, I have, I have nothing to complain about with our group. Uh, we held that team to 94 points. We couldn't score in the first and third quarter, but we scrapped and, and played the way that we like to play. We just couldn't put the ball in the basket enough times tonight. When you look at what you had available, and then you watch Jeff Withy and Darius Miller yeah. step up like they did. Yeah. Is that is that kind of the reaction that you need from yeah. the team when they're shorthanded? Well, that's what we need. You know, we, we want to be able to see those guys in real game situations when uh, you need a bucket or you need a stop, and see how they respond. Uh, they did a good job tonight. Um, just didn't. You know, Chief has four turnovers. That, that really hurt us uh, to start the, the first and third quarter. Tyreek had four trying to make plays for his teammates. But those things just compound themselves when you don't have guys. You know, the guys are trying to make the right plays, but we can't afford to give up possessions. How big was, how big was the uh, play with Bledsoe seemed to show the rivers? You know, I'm not one for uh, making excuses with the referees' calls. I mean, I, they, those guys try to do the best they can. I, I did think Austin had good position. Uh, well, Eric is a strong kid, so a lot of the times those things balance out. I'm pretty sure we had a couple. Tyreek does the same thing when he goes to the basket. He knocks a lot of people out of the way, so uh, he just made a big shot. We needed to stop. And then Austin comes back. He goes to the basket, and Austin blocks his shot, so he could have fouled him on that play. So I, I, I don't don't make much of it. I just think it, it didn't go our way, so we feel sore about it. Manny, what did you think of the way Jeff attacked the basket? He's, 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 he's really good at diving, and he's gotten so much better from July until now, finishing around the basket. I don't think he could have made those plays last year in Summer League or at Summer League. Um, his biggest deal now is playing NBA minutes and keeping his conditioning. You know, after he does that a few times, there are possessions where he's just <laughs> – <laughs> He's hurting a little bit, so once he gets his conditioning up, and, um, the, the way we've explained it to him is this is his season. You know, from here until summer league, he's going to be playing big minutes. He's got to be able to play those minutes efficiently without getting tired. There a reason he, he wasn't at the end there, or I guess the last two minutes. Just Greg has more know-how in situations. Uh, you, you like to have experience on the floor, and that's usually the lineup we have. Um, trying to put experience out there on the floor to maybe make a play on the defensive end. You can't call a timeout and get guys in every time down the floor. 53 points from your bench tonight. What does that say yeah. about the effort to some guys you usually don't maybe see as much action? Well, they're going to get minutes. Austin played 30. Uh, you know, Lexi didn't get a chance to play because of the matchups, and I feel bad about that. But we need those guys to step up, especially when B-Rob has a, a bit of an off night. Uh, and we don't get a lot from couple of our other positions we, we need those guys to step up and they did all right so with that there are four games left for the pelicans against two opponents i know that sounds strange 
The Pelicans will uh, face the Thunder on Friday, the Rockets on Saturday, the Thunder again on Monday, and then wrap the season on Wednesday of next week against the Houston Rockets again. Two tough opponents, two at home, two on the road. Uh, We'll have coverage for you starting tomorrow night at 7 Central from, I guess that's Chesapeake Energy Arena now in Oklahoma City. So it's the lone visit of the year for the Pelicans uh, to OKC. So we'll have that broadcast for you tomorrow night at 7. Uh, And tonight, our Pelicans coverage continues, as usual, with the Monty Williams Radio Show. That's yours at 8 Central on the flagship station of the Pelicans Radio Network. That's WWL-FM 105.3 on your dial. Uh, If you missed that tonight, uh, we'll have uh, our visit with head coach Monty Williams for you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. The reason we do that is not everybody can make that live listen on Thursday night. And because it is our longest visit of the week, it's usually our best visit of the week with Coach Williams, and we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to hear that. So either on the radio tonight or tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, that's all amongst practice today and travel up to Oklahoma for the ball club. That's pretty much going to do it for us. We'll wrap this Thursday in just a moment, and we'll preview tomorrow's show right after this. Don't miss your last chance to see the Pelicans at the Smoothie King Center during the final two home games of the season. Come watch MVP candidate Kevin Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday, April 14th. We wrap up the season on Wednesday, April 16th with a Southwest Division showdown against the Houston Rockets in our fantastic Fan Alley with a team poster giveaway. Tickets are still available for as low as $11. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Dan Evans reporting live on the street for Newsbeat. People all across Louisiana are going crazy over getting their refund check. Reporter dude, I just got my refund check totally awesome. It seems a bit early to be getting a tax refund check, but wait, I just got word from the control room that refund check is a new scratch-off from the lottery where you could win up to $4,000. You can get your refund check at any lottery retailer, but you must be at least 21 to purchase. Refund check from the lottery rocks. Dude. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Good show today. Um, and again, happy Masters Tournament to you and yours. Those of you that care about golf, uh, I'll be watching a little bit today before we travel out to Oklahoma City. Pelicans and Thunder tomorrow night. Anxious to see uh, where Oklahoma City is. Houston, for that matter, too. That's, I think it's cool that we get to see uh, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, and Houston down the stretch here because then I'll have a pretty good idea of what they're going to do uh, in the playoffs. No doubt. So, And we'd also like to see the Pelicans snap this losing streak and beat a quality opponent before we shut things down for the season. Don't forget, Monty Williams' show is yours tonight. Black and Blue Report is yours tomorrow from Oklahoma City. And on the show tomorrow, we'll hear from head coach Monty Williams and we'll continue our NFL Draft Preview Series uh, with Chris Brown. He's with BuffaloBills.com and the Bills Radio Network. The Bills have the ninth overall pick. And so we'll check in with them tomorrow. Um, Mickey Loomis, yes. Mickey Loomis's comments from yesterday at LSU Pro Day. That's a part of tomorrow's podcast as well. Please help us spread the word, won't you, about the podcast for the Pelicans and the Saints. The Black and Blue Report is yours on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, free on iTunes, and easily available, and maybe the easiest way to get it is through both of the team apps now on your handheld or mobile device. That's the Pelicans team app or the uh, Saints team app. I have both on mine. 
uh, and I hope you do too. The uh, Twitter account is at Black Blue Reports. All one word, at Black Blue Report. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. Safe travels to you and yours today, and uh, we'll hope for the same for the Pelicans. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.